This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're talking about all those strange ways pregnancy changes our bodies in episode number 173. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi ladies, it is Kristen and I am super happy to be here today, especially super happy that I think that most of my congestion is gone, which hopefully will make the podcast episodes a little bit more pleasant for you to listen to. Um, I thought that after a few episodes that were dealing with bigger topics or heavier topics or whatever, we would just have a lighter episode that might be more fun. But it's one that I think is still important, and that's pregnancy body changes that people don't talk about or they don't go into little nuances of the changes. And so I came up with a list that I thought about both body and some things that go on mentally in your brain. And I looked at the list and I said, okay, this is this is definitely going to fill a podcast episode. But if you have something that comes up or you're like, oh, Kristen, this weird thing happened to me and I don't know what that's about or I want to talk to other women about that, you can let me know. Send me an email at kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. Let me know weird changes that happen to you in pregnancy. And if I get enough of them, I can do a part two of this episode because I know that sometimes the weirdest things are things that you just don't find when you're looking at the pregnancy books or even the midwifery textbooks or whatever. So I thought that would be fun if that's something that that comes up for you as I'm doing this episode. But with that, we'll just jump in and talk about some of these really weird changes and things that happen during pregnancy that women sometimes don't necessarily expect. So I thought that we would start with one that is a fun one for me because it's actually something that I've experienced in multiple pregnancies and it's the thing that clued me in that I was probably pregnant with my fourth baby, Galen. Now, Galen was a planned pregnancy, so I was already counting down the days from ovulation because we were charting and looking forward to testing. But I had this symptom start a couple of days before I got the positive pregnancy test, which was at 10 days post-ovulation, which is a pretty early test. He was one of my very faint line babies. And I would say that this symptom started on like day seven or eight post-ovulation. So it was a really early symptom. And some women do have this happen very early. Others have it happen later. For me, it's always faded as I got past the first trimester. But for other women, it kind of stays. And that is a metallic taste in your mouth. So if you taste like that iron, maybe like you taste blood, or even like if you were to lick a penny or something, like that weird metallic taste, some women get that taste in their mouth. And a lot of women also have their sense of smell change. And you may have heard that, that you have a heightened sense of smell. That has been true for me in every single pregnancy. But you may also find that your sense of smell alters a little bit. So things taste a little different and smell a little different than they normally do. All of those things are a normal part of pregnancy and they're just part of that hormonal shift that happens. And that metallic taste too is part of that hormonal shift that happens because hormones really start doing a lot as soon as you fall pregnant. And at first, the hormonal changes are from your own body. Like your own body is producing those hormonal changes. And then as you get 
through and past the first trimester, which is why sometimes things shift at that point once you're moving from the first to the second trimester. A lot of things are being produced by the baby, though your own hormone levels stay really elevated. But the baby's placenta takes over a lot of that, so you may have a shift for some things that you felt or experienced early on. Um, other things that happen, uh, breast changes. So a lot of us know that they may, that your breasts may change. That is another early pregnancy sign for a lot of women. Some women have a tenderness in their breasts, uh, around their period anyways, or just before their period starts. But when you're pregnant, it, it tends to keep going past just the couple of days that you might experience that normally. Some women notice more fullness right away and that tenderness and that can be a sign. And then throughout your pregnancy, there will be pretty profound changes for many women where you're just seeing more volume, more tenderness. And then in the early days postpartum, a lot of change. Now, one thing that a lot of women don't realize is that in addition to just greater breast tissue, more changes in the tissue, changes happen in the structural wall. So some women are hesitant to breastfeed, for example, because they worry that breastfeeding might give them saggy breasts. The the reality is, is that happens during pregnancy. So it's the changes in pregnancy that happen. And for some women having more support, like if you're typically a small-breasted woman, you may want to have support even if you haven't needed support before. And if you're a larger chested woman, you may find that you need more robust support because those changes happen a lot. And fitting bras and nursing bras is really, really difficult. So if you buy a bra that fits comfortably during pregnancy, that's great. But it may not work postpartum because a lot of changes can happen. And I think a lot of women are surprised just by the range of change and the fact that things keep changing. But it's good to realize that, for example, a bra that works during pregnancy may not work in the immediate postpartum. A bra that works in the immediate postpartum may not work a few months or a few weeks later, especially six weeks or so later. As your milk supply stabilizes and like, for example, my, my body seems to believe that it needs to nurse twins or even triplets once I birth a baby. And it takes it a few weeks to realize, oh... I may not need to make that much milk. And then, so there's a lot of changes that go on, and I think a lot of women are surprised by that. So that's something to keep in mind. This is another one that I have always experienced. I don't know that anybody told me that this was going to happen. My midwife, I think, assured me that it was normal. But congestion is something that a lot of women experience during pregnancy. You have this perpetually stuffy nose, and it's not... As bad as if you had, say, a cold, but there's that kind of low-level stuffiness. And for some women, even if you've never snored before at night, you may snore when you're pregnant. And again, it's that stuffiness. And that happens, and we're going to see this with a number of things on this list, actually. That happens because there's so much more fluid in your body during pregnancy. Your blood volume is going to expand by about 60% when you're pregnant. That, that peak blood volume occurs by around about the beginning of the third trimester and it maintains until you birth your baby. And all of that blood volume and all of the extra fluid and stuff that you're holding and also hormonal changes that affect relaxin. Uh, Relaxin is a hormone that causes relaxation of the joints and tissues to help with your baby, but it affects other things in your body. So everything is just kind of more relaxed and more fluid filled and more voluptuous and everything. So you may end up stuffy. 
And that can also be part of what alters that sense of smell. And again, it may cause snoring, even if you've never had snoring before. So that's one that a lot of women don't realize is going to happen. Some women also experience bleeding gums during pregnancy, which is something that I feel like most pregnancy books cover, but I wanted to talk about it because I believe that it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. And a lot of books act like it's just inevitable, and they talk about the same thing that I just talked about with the stuffy nose, like there's more blood flow and that sort of thing. But I have seen with clients and with myself that when you're careful about dental hygiene and about what you eat, you're definitely not as prone to those bleeding gums. They may be a little bit more likely than if you weren't pregnant. But if you're careful about flossing and brushing, and most especially if you're careful about eating healthy nutrient-dense foods and plenty of nutrient-dense foods, you're much less likely to have bleeding gums. And there's also, I guess it's a, I don't know, a wise saying, a rule of thumb, an old maxim. We don't hear it as much now, but for sure in the past women heard it was that you lose a tooth for every baby that you gain. And that was talking again about that dental health. And we, what I see with women that I work with is that if you are on top of that excellent nutrition, you're much less likely to see those dental effects, the bleeding gums or tooth decay or anything like that. You're going to see more robust health in you and in your baby. For those of you who have been listening to my podcast for any length of time, you know that I am super passionate about pregnancy nutrition. I'm working with a one-on-one client right now who is just a delight to talk to, and I love listening to her when I ask her, what did you eat yesterday, or when she sends me her diet log, because what she eats is just beautiful, and I wish that every pregnant woman that I work with is able to really make it work in their budget and in their life to have these nourishing foods because those nourishing foods are going to nourish your body. First and foremost, they're going to nourish your baby. They're going to nourish the placenta. They're also going to boost your blood supply and the nutrient levels in your body and make a big difference. So even though you may hear, and I'm actually going to come back to it in a couple points, I'll come back to nutrition because you may hear that some of these things that happen during pregnancy are inevitable, but they may not be or their severity may be lessened. Another change that a lot of women experience is an increase in body temperature. So your set point is going to be hotter. You may hear people joke about, you know, if Like, say, a husband is joking that he feels like he's got a blast furnace in bed with him. Or in the wintertime, he's got his own heater built in because the woman's got the baby. And that's, it's partially because there's a baby there. And so there's that little being's warmth. But really and truly, this is a hormonal thing as well. So those hormones in pregnancy cause a slight rise in the baseline body temperature of a woman. And you will probably notice it. If you usually have cold hands and cold feet, you may suddenly have warm hands and warm feet. In the winter, when everybody else is outside walking all bundled up, you might have your coat unbuttoned. (laughs) You know, you're panting like, oh my gosh. And you get inside of a building And it feels like you're in a sauna because your body temperature is just up. In the summertime, you need to be especially careful because your body temperature is going to be higher. You need to make sure that you're hydrated, that you're getting plenty of electrolytes. Good uh, salting to taste is important, 
I mean, it's important year round for pregnant women, but especially in the summer, because again, your body temperature is higher. You're going to sweat more. So be aware that it's normal to have your body temperature up higher during pregnancy and wear layers and take special care in the summer that you don't get overheated. Another change in pregnancy, this is what I was referring to a minute ago, that many women experience that you may not have realized happened is pigmentation changes in the skin. So that would be what's called the linea nigra, which typically happens, (coughs) excuse me, right at the collarbone and then down the middle of the belly, like to the belly button or even down below the belly button, right to the pubic bone. And it's a dark line. And this, this can happen in women of all nationalities and all racial backgrounds where you'll see that darkening of pigment. And on some women, it can become very dark. Another related change is called the mask of pregnancy where there may be patches of pigmentation, especially on the face and neck that become darker and sometimes other skin changes like moles may change a little bit or may appear where they weren't there before. So these are skin changes of pregnancy. And in the United States, they're considered just a quote unquote normal part of pregnancy. In other parts of the world, it's believed that they may have a nutritional connotation. And I know that in my pregnancies, I experienced this in my first pregnancy but I didn't have it happen in any other pregnancies. And I tend to favor the nutritional theory because I would say that I did eat well with Cassidy, but out of all of my pregnancies, I feel like that first pregnancy was the one where I was newer to pregnancy. I was a first-time mom. I was on a very low food budget, and I just, I didn't understand quite as much. By the time I was having my second baby, I was hooked on birth and babies, reading a lot understood a lot more about diet, and also understood a lot more about how to maximize my food budget on foods that were really nutrient-dense. And so all of my pregnancies after the first, I just ate a more nutrient-dense diet, and I didn't have that occur again. And so I'm not 100% certain. I haven't, to be honest, looked to see if there are any studies that have been done in the past few years um, to follow up on the on the theory that the European doctors had that it had a nutritional basis. But I do feel, again, like with the bleeding gums, that if you eat really well, you may see fewer changes of this nature than you would otherwise. So that's something to keep in mind. But it isn't something that's going to hurt you or your baby, and it is something that fades. So after you have your baby, those changes will fade away. It may take some time But in general, they fade away. They don't stay. Though some women, especially with the mask of pregnancy, will notice that those pigmentation changes stick around for a lot longer or you may even be able to continue to faintly see them uh, as, you know, as the baby's growing. Another change that a lot of women experience is changes in their sex drive. And this isn't necessarily a change to the inside of the, or, you know, an external change or a body change, but it is a pretty profound change. Most women who experience this um, find that their their drive is higher. They're more interested. And 
in pregnancy, all hormone levels raise, including testosterone. And if you're having a baby boy, you've got his testosterone on board too, which can reach the same levels uh, as an adolescent male. That's a lot of testosterone on board. And so those things, and, and estrogens and stuff too, can also impact that drive. So you may just be more interested. And there are other things that are going on that complement that, like body temperature being up, all of those hormone levels being up. And then the next thing that I was going to talk about is discharge. And that can also play a part too. But it's it's important to know that this is a normal change. It's a healthy change. And it may also be a bit of a psychological change. So there are physiological factors. But for some women, the fact that they can't get pregnant because they're already pregnant (laughs) makes a big difference for them. And they just find themselves more interested. Or it could be even that couples feel freer to experiment because there's not that concern. Am I going to get pregnant or not? If a family isn't 100% certain um, on if they wanted another baby or not, well, okay, there's baby on the way. Or sometimes it's just that whole thing of we would be We would welcome another baby, but it's a huge responsibility. But once baby's on the way, those sorts of thoughts tend to recede because, okay, well, the baby's coming, so let's get ready now. This is meant to be. And those, all of that mental stuff can help a woman feel freer and more interested in lovemaking. So that's something that a lot of women experience. And it's a nice time to enjoy that, to enjoy experimentation. You may also find along with that, that what gives you pleasure or what brings you to the ability to, to find that completion of pleasure. I'm trying to keep this somewhat family friendly here, ladies. Um, those things may shift too. And so this is a good time to talk to your partner, to explore, and just to keep those lines of communication open and also to re- just relax back into it and enjoy and think about not overthinking because that tends to ruin things. But to to feel and say, this feels good, this doesn't feel good, this position that I usually like doesn't feel good to me, this position feels good to me, or oh, I'm kind of liking that. Be open to that sort of thing. Be open to experimentation because a lot may shift and it may shift from one trimester to the next as your body changes and grows and that sort of thing. So keep all of that in mind. Coming back to discharge, (laughs) pregnant women are juicy (laughs) And that is totally normal. When you're not pregnant and you're not taking a hormonal birth control, it's very normal to have changes across the course of your cycle in fluids. And some women have kind of a baseline fluid that they have at non-fertile times of their cycle. Other women are very dry at non-fertile times in their cycle, and some women have kind of a tackiness. It really depends on you, and it would be something that you pay attention to with you. And then for most women during the fertile time of their cycle, they're a lot juicier, and that can differ from woman to woman. Like for some women, it may be a little bit of fluid. For other women, it may be that egg white fertile that you hear talking talked about if you've ever tried to get pregnant or track your fertility. So that can vary too. With pregnancy, all of that changes quite a bit because clearly you're not going to have fertile times because the egg's already been fertilized and the body instead of instead of everything that built up for a pregnancy then being shed, which is what your period is. Instead of that happening, and 
the reason that that happens, the reason the shedding happens is because there is no conception and so hormone levels drop again because the fertilized egg isn't sending signals that the hormone levels need to stay high and then go higher. So everything sheds. So when you're pregnant, again, that fertilized egg sends these signals that, oh, hormone levels need to keep going up, 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 up. So hormones are what orchestrate the entire cycle, including the fluids that a woman experiences. So the hormone levels changing, estrogen levels, progesterone levels, those levels surge during pregnancy. And that causes many women to be very juicy. So some women like a panty liner. I definitely recommend that you consider cotton or another natural fabric undies during pregnancy. And I also recommend that you perhaps try and avoid like super skinny jeans, super tight things that are going to come, you know, like right up in the crotch and keep all of that moisture just right there. Pregnancy is a time maybe to go a little bit looser on the pants, ladies, or favor skirts. And again, those cotton undies, it's a time to to watch what you wash with. One thing, I didn't have this on the list, but one thing that many women experience during pregnancy is changes in sensitivities and even allergies. So if you had existing sensitivities and allergies, those may shift. You may develop new ones. Pregnant women's bodies can just be finicky. And You may develop sensitivities to laundry soaps, to fabrics, that sort of thing. And all of that is important to look at when you're looking at those lady parts, those intimate areas, and especially when there's increased discharge because it can cause irritation. So it's something to be aware of. And again, this is something really in the wintertime when we're wearing a lot of layers, it can be a thing, but especially in the summertime when it's hotter and there's a lot of sweat, that's something to be aware of. Now, going back to an increased interest in lovemaking, that juiciness can be really helpful because you have that baseline of being kind of juicy, which is useful for helping things be more comfortable. But just like when you're not pregnant, if there's not enough of that juiciness to keep things comfortable, it is safe to use something like slippery stuff or another um, lube that can help. So juiciness is a normal thing. I It makes me smile because I guess I think about pregnant women as being beautiful and luscious and everything and just in this vibrant life kind of way like we would think of a beautiful piece of fruit and not necessarily in any way other than that. But... I think it's amusing, but some women find it to be annoying, and so I want to let you know about it. Uh, Kind of related to everything going on down there, another thing that can be normal during pregnancy that women do not often realize is normal is some level of cramping. A lot of women will think that their period is about to start because they're feeling some cramping. Now, anytime you're pregnant and you feel a lot of intense cramping, that's a time to call your midwife or doctor. Even if you're feeling a little bit of cramping and you feel unsettled, it's 100% okay to call your midwife or your doctor and say, I'm feeling some cramping, I'm not sure what's going on. But some low-level mild cramping like early period cramps can be normal just as a lot of changes are happening in the uterus. As you get farther along, if you feel cramping, I would step back and assess how hydrated are you? 
especially as you're in your third trimester, if you're feeling a lot of Braxton Hicks, which are those quote-unquote practice contractions that women have, and and they have a crampy edge or they're happening a lot, then ask yourself, am I well hydrated? How much have I been drinking? Am I getting enough to drink? It's really important to get in good nourishing foods. And I believe you need to prioritize food first because sometimes space is limited in a very pregnant woman's tummy because there's a lot of baby crowding everything else out. But if you're experiencing a lot of cramping or a lot of Braxton Hicks, then make sure that you're getting enough to drink and also make sure that you're salting to taste because dehydration and lack of those good essential minerals can cause cramping. But a little bit of low-level cramping, especially in the first trimester, can be normal. And that can be unsettling to a lot of women because you don't know, does this mean that something's wrong or is everything okay? Which is why it's always okay to err on the side of caution and calling your care provider. But also consider having a little bit extra to drink, like a little bit extra fluids, to make sure that you're well hydrated. Rest, take it easy. It can be a good reminder to honor yourself and your body and the changes that are happening in pregnancy. Another thing that can change in pregnancy is your feet. And feet come back to what I talked about at the beginning where I was talking about relaxing and hormone levels. All of those things cause softening and change in your body because All of your joints and all of that cartilage and those ligaments, they want to relax to help you birth your baby out of your pelvis. But the the effects of those hormones isn't isn't limited just to your pelvis. So those things can impact all over. And one place that women will notice is in their feet. So you're carrying extra weight because you've got extra water weight and you've got baby weight and all of that. And then you've also got these hormones that are causing your body to literally relax your skeletal system, your structure, not necessarily your bones, but all of the stuff that is supporting your bones will start relaxing. And that can cause your arches to fall slightly, your toes to spread. So some women will notice that their shoe size changes after pregnancy. Uh, And that can be a normal thing. So be aware of what's going on with your feet. And if your shoes start to feel like they don't really fit anymore, then that can be a normal change in pregnancy. Another thing that all of that extra fluid and all of those hormones can impact that some women don't realize is your eyesight. Some women in pregnancy notice that their vision gets a little blurrier. This is something that I've noticed in a few of my pregnancies. And again, there's just so much fluid, so much extra going on. And that's why we believe it happens is because there's just extra pressure and extra fluid in the eyes. Some women will notice that their eyesight improves during pregnancy. And again, we don't understand completely why all of the ocular changes in pregnancy may occur, but we know that it can be normal both for vision to get a little blurrier or for vision problems to correct. We also know that sometimes those changes persist after pregnancy, and sometimes they don't. So either one of those things can be normal. So those are some physical changes that I thought about that women may not know about 
Um, and one thing going back to the discharge is if you notice that things are feeling itchy or uncomfortable or there's a yeasty smell or a burning or anything like that, that would not necessarily be a normal change. You would want to probably, that's kind of why I was talking about wear loose fitting um, clothes or favor skirts and that sort of thing is because if you notice changes that are uncomfortable, then it that could be an infection or something occurring and you want to try and guard against that. So that, sorry, that didn't come to me when I was talking about that. It came to me just now. But those are all kind of normal. You know, that came to me because I was thinking that's not normal. But there are a lot of normal changes that happen to women. And not all of them are super pleasant or super welcome. But they may still be within the realm of normal. And again, if there's something that you think of, Kristen, I've got to tell you about this girl. Because this happened to me and you didn't say anything about this. Then send me an email at kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. And if I get enough, I will do another episode where I talk about some more things because I'm sure that there are many things more that could be talked about. I want to take just a few minutes, because I know that we're already getting close to half an hour, to talk about some of the things that change in our brains, or mentally, just a few. One of them is dreams. Pregnancy really impacts dreams. For many women, your dreams may be more vivid, and you may be able to recall them, And they may be really weird or really crazy. Pregnant women dream all kinds of things about their babies, but it's not limited to that. You may dream about your babies. You may dream about your job or your school. You may dream about your husband or your partner. You may dream about past boyfriends or past lovers. That's something that a lot of pregnant women seem to have come up. All of those things can be within the realm of normal. You may dream that you're giving birth to loaves of bread or kittens or giving birth in weird places. It can all be normal because pregnancy just does really weird stuff to our dreams. Now, I also think that (laughs) that's a place where you can possibly dig into that and see, are your dreams trying to tell you anything? Is there anything profound that is coming through in those dreams? Or if your dreams are dreams that are really bothering you, then that's something that you could explore with your care provider Uh, If you've got a faith background, that would be something that you could um, cover in prayer and ask for that. I know that in one of my pregnancies, I was having really disturbing dreams. And, you know, there wasn't anything I could figure out to do about it. So I ended up just praying about it intensely for about a week. And those dreams stopped and they didn't reoccur in that pregnancy or in any others. And I've always been incredibly grateful to God for taking those dreams away. So sometimes if you have really vivid dreams, it it could be just giving them some attention and then consciously releasing them or praying for them to be gone could be helpful. But other dreams like, you know, giving birth to a loaf of bread or in public or something, you know, you can look at those dreams and say, do I think this dream has meaning or is it just one of those bizarre pregnancy dreams? And if it's just a bizarre pregnancy dream, let it go and know that it's normal to have really intense, vivid and kind of funky dreams during pregnancy. Another thing is emotional ups and downs. Pregnant women are very emotional creatures. Even if you consider yourself stoic when you're not pregnant, you may find that you get really emotional. And it's good just to just to honor that and accept that and accept where you are in your life right now. (laughs) And 
give yourself space to ride those emotional waves and realize some of it's going to be silly. Like, you know, you cry over a commercial on TV, though. I will cry over commercials when I'm not pregnant. But, you know, you find yourself crying or something that would have made you sad, you know, just really is kind of crushing when you're pregnant. Or you may find that you're just a yo-yo, like you're sobbing one minute and you're laughing the next and it just feels crazy. So give yourself space. And if you need to, give yourself literal physical space. Like if something feels really upsetting and overwhelming to you, walk away, go into another room, go to the bathroom, have a cry for a few minutes. Give yourself that space to honor that emotion. Wrap your arms around yourself acknowledge that you love yourself and that you are awesome and strong woman and that emotion is part of women's power. And then also say, okay, you know, I love you emotional part of me and invite that thinking part of you too and that more logical part of you to come in and also be part of that and be calm and just give yourself that time that you need to experience the emotional expression and then also kind of get yourself together, so to speak, and say, okay, you know, I felt that. And always when you have an emotional reaction to something, honor that and say, is there something here that I need to pay attention to? Or is it just that I'm going to sob over this commercial because I'm a sappy pregnant woman? Uh, But, you know, give yourself, honor yourself in that way and take a step back. And honor the fact that you're more sensitive right now. And that's good because we want moms to be sweet, sensitive people. And we also want to honor that we're strong, powerful women who are made up of multiple parts of our being. We have emotions. We have a mind. We have a body. We have a spiritual part of ourselves. And we can honor and bring all of those things in because that is good practice for mothering. Because mothering will trigger a whole lot of emotions and some of them will be very strong. And it's always good to honor all of those parts of you and listen to all of those parts of you and also honor when you need to take some time away and give yourself some space to feel emotions and to experience that and to explore what something means to you. And then be better ready to handle it um, with your whole being. Not just your emotions, with your whole being, but honoring the emotions that are there. And then the final thing that I want to talk about is placenta brain is what I call it. Some people call it pregnancy brain or, you know, fog, feeling foggy or whatever. I like placenta brain. It is real, ladies. You will find yourself forgetting things or just kind of seeming like a ditz from time to time. And it's just like, what has happened to my brain? You may be CEO of a company and juggling a million different things a day. A capable, beautiful, intelligent woman who could lead armies. But suddenly, you can't remember or keep track of anything. That's placenta brain. Thank you, pregnancy hormones. The best thing that I can say is that it is totally normal. And again, this is a time that we honor that and that we laugh about that. But also your planner may become your best friend. Phone alarms may become your best friend. So find a system that works for you. And lean on that system, especially if the pregnancy brain seems rough. And if you make a mistake or a goof, you, of course, you don't want to do it all the time. But give yourself some slack and say, you know what, gosh, that pregnancy brain just got me. I am so sorry. And don't be ashamed of it. Just laugh about it. It's okay to feel a little bit embarrassed, but don't feel ashamed. And realize that 
especially if you're interacting with other women, they're probably going to be like, oh, I totally get it. It's no problem because it can be pretty universal and pretty profound. So many women are surprised by it. And again, I have perspective having had eight babies, so eight cases of placenta brain that I think sometimes may continue to linger. And it's just, you know, you got to give yourself some slack and say, okay, I totally goofed or oh my gosh, I completely messed that up. But just give yourself that grace. So ladies, I hope that this has been a fun episode for you, giving you some ideas of some of those weird things that happen to our bodies and our brains during pregnancy. But overall, pregnancy is a beautiful experience. Many of the changes are good, or even if they're rough, they don't last too terribly long. And most things do tend to fade. You may never get back to that shoe size that you were before pregnancy. But most other pregnancy changes are going to fade. Uh, your body is always going to be a little bit different, but it is going to be a powerful rock star mama body. Keep that in mind. Have a blessed week, mamas. If you want more from me, I've been working on emailing the list pretty regularly. Um, we've got the private Facebook group. It's so much fun to be able to share with you, to answer your questions in there. I would love to chat with you. If you want to have a one-on-one -on -one chat where we talk about how I could support you one-on-one, -on -one, I'm open to that too. You can always email me, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. Or if you want to jump onto the email list, check out trustbirth101.com. That's got information on joining the Facebook group as well. So that's trustbirth101.com. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.